Oh, hey, so it's November. We we like November. It's gloomy and rainy and What's this the leaves year? are in are in season. Uh this year last year we did uh Romero for November for our Thanksgiving. This year we're doing what I call a Friendsgiving episode. We have a special guest with us this evening. His name is Lindsey Brown. Go ahead and say hi. Wait, no, I thought I thought this time we weren't doing a movie. I thought we were going to devote this episode to talking about the Cal Rittenhouse verdict and what it meant for the future of America. Oh, no, we'll get to that at some point, I'm sure. Let's not get so dastardly dark. You don't want to talk about that? I do at some point, maybe. Let's not, let's just avoid the shit. I, I was just that. kidding. Okay. I, All right. I, I'd rather okay. spend yeah. the episode cleaning dog we shit. We also have, speaking of dog shit, we also have another special guest. In my lap is Edgar Allan Poe Dameron. Say hi, Poe. He's a good boy. Is he allowed to be here? He's not even part of the union. On he's he's uh, shadowing. This he's not, is uh, Father he's, Sunday. He's not, he's not the armorer, is he? Because I don't want you shooting me in the face. No, he's fine. <laughs> he's an intern. He's an intern. He's shaking. Ah, he'll be fine. We're gonna cover a pretty pretty awesome British horror movie. Excuse me. You know, I love British horror. We've talked about it uh, a little bit in length on the last episode where we covered censor. And this is some this is some very British horror. Oh, so British. You couldn't you probably can't get more British. I love it. It mentions World War One. We have a manor. We have a lord and a lady. We have a like a, a governess. It's perfect. Jane Austen basically could have written this movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Or Shirley Jackson. Or at least the maybe. first half of it. Yeah. It did kind of feel like a Shirley Jackson novel, perhaps, but a little more gothic. But yeah, we're talking, of course, about 2011's The Awakening, directed by a guy named Nick Murphy. Also, I'm going to use this moment to shout out to the coming holiday, Christmas. We don't like to skip Thanksgiving, but Nick Murphy directed the FX version of A Christmas Carol that came out two years ago. It's sort of like a miniseries almost, and it's very different than what we covered last year. Really? If you haven't heard our episode on A Christmas Carol, go ahead through our back catalog and give that a listen. I just um, feel like our listeners should be spending most of their time in our back catalog. I mean, I know there's I know, some I know. There might be some, some good TV, <clears throat> but really new listeners, of course. Since Game of Thrones shit the bed, it, is there really anything to watch? Actually, there is The Wheel of Time on Amazon right now. Cheryl gave But it, I heard it shit the bed. It kind of it kind of did. It kind of does. I've, uh, Cheryl's review is Game of Thrones meets Star Wars. That is a positive review though. I mean like Game of Thrones meets A New Hope or Game of Thrones meets The Rise yeah, of Skywalker. Kinda, Kind of more like probably Return of the Jedi. Okay. But I, I, read, I read the first two books when I was a teenager, and I don't really remember most of it. It's okay. It's okay. Have you have you seen any of Wheel of Time, Lindsay? I have not. You have not? Yeah, we should maybe give it a gander, but it's not a... Uh, it's just kind of not serious. I don't know. I don't typically roll with TV shows, though. It's all movies. Yeah. You're a movie guy. Yeah. I like that. I respect that. This film is starring Rebecca Hall. Um... She's in Godzilla vs. Kong, which I uh, loved. Go back and listen to our episode on uh, Godzilla. And she was in the recent horror movie, The Night House. Did any of y'all see that film? I did not. It's on the list. Yeah, it was It was okay. It was okay. Not my favorite uh, horror film of the year, but it was okay. She has a very commanding presence in this movie. Maybe yeah. That, she, maybe that seems like a silly generic thing to say, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, in particular, like her character, just the way she carries yeah. herself. You, She's very skeptical and, and kind of walks with... With that confidence of she knows. Well, she's in charge of the room, even when she's not. Right. 
Like when she walks into the room, she's in charge regardless of whether or not somebody else is actually supposed to be in charge. Yeah, it definitely doesn't play into that usual horror movie thing you get where if a leading, if the lead character is a woman, it feels cheeky or forced. Right. It's, it's smooth. She like, like what you said, she has commanding presence of the room. It feels correct that she is orchestrating. Well, tell us more about how most actresses are cheeky and forced. Have you seen (laughs) any eighties horror films? trying to throw Lindsay under the bus on his, his appearance here. They remade House of Wax with Paris Hilton. They fucking did. God. Enough said. I can defend that. Terrible. No, don't. How about you? That's, that's, that's she cheeky was, and horror. She was already in a horror movie. That's sex tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what made her famous. We also have an actor that's pretty recognizable, Dominique West. He's from The Wire, the musical. Just call him McNulty. The, he's, uh, he's McNulty. He's McNulty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. McNulty? McNulty. McNulty from, from The Wire. He was also in the Oscar-winning musical Chicago and in uh, 300. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When you've heard that an actor that you previously really admired has been in a musical right don't do your feelings change no uh, to me it shows a next level of talent mm. but that's because i come from a theater background mm. daniel craig did it <laughs> seemed pretty cool daniel craig was in a daniel musical. day lewis was in a fucking musical okay but you can't use daniel day lewis as an example of anything the man's a freak yeah that's true he's too talented i mean he's a genius but we also on. we also have imelda staunton who you'll i think i pronounced that correctly who you'll recognize as professor umbridge from the harry potter films i shall not tell lies it was really hard for me to give her like her character a chance in this just because i hate Dolores Umbridge that much. Yeah. She plays a, well, she ends up playing a, a pretty terrible person. Uh, I mean, every so, time that woman's on screen, she kind of freaks you out. She's typecast. Like, yeah. It's something about her face and the it way she really likes watches people I feel people like we can forgive room. her for, you know, that whole murder-suicide plot. She's got like a smushed face with like beady eyes that, that stretch too far across her face. It's weird. She looks Before like she's looking get- through you. Before we get too far into the Britishness of this film, Lindsay, this is the one you picked. Correct. So you, why? Why this movie? What uh, What about this movie? I love this film. I think I've seen it probably 12 to 15 times. My Not, man. My man. Not because it's like the best or uh, the most captivating. It's actually a super slow burn. But I picked it, one, for the fact that it is so British. It's quite original mm-hmm. in the horror movie genre. Found out after started researching that it is an independent film, which explains a lot of it. But yeah, BBC the, picked it up later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the real reason I like this movie more than many others, though, is it takes the horror genre outside of just the theme. There's no, there's no real monster. There aren't very many jump scares. Mm-hmm. The movie isn't particularly scary, quote unquote. But the real horror comes from the hidden message behind the film and that if you don't learn from it, that's pretty horrifying. Yeah. It's moody. Mm-hmm. It's moody as it's shit. It's a haunting. It's a haunting. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like the feel, the atmosphere. They nailed that. And I give this points because I usually don't... Haunting stories, ghost stories are often not my favorites in terms of horror movies just because it starts to feel like... You know, you know, if it starts to feel like your your girlfriend said she wanted to go to dinner... And so you got in the car and you started driving and you said, so where do you want to go? And she said, oh, I don't know. And you said, what about Thai food? She was like, well, I don't want Thai food. You feel like they're not, they can't make the decision on how to scare no, you? No, I'm just saying or? you start uh, with a, with a ghost story. It's like, just tell us what you fucking want, haunted spirit. Right. Oh, mm. spirit from beyond. They can't though, man. It's, you know, it's, you've got to have 90 minutes of just the ghost reveal. like peeking around corners. and. Yeah, I know. I get people don't like the walking through it. the talcum powder. 
I mean, it's hard to read uh, gothic tales after you've read four or five of them because they're all very yeah. similar. I mean, it gets that goes with this. You but know? I, but I, I exempt this movie from most of that criticism because even though it is kind of slow, mm-hmm. um, at this, particularly at the beginning where it starts to feel like maybe they're trying to sell you that house, because man, they use every room in that yeah. house. You get, yeah. you see. Every room of that house. Mm-hmm. This is a realtor taking you on a tour. It's a real house. I saw that in the research. It's been in uh, multiple British films. And you can tell well, I mean, why. What the hell else would yeah, you do yeah, with yeah, it now? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Housing market yeah. prices are pretty scary. No right? That's a horror film. Well, live in a haunted house? Well, if you're running a manor still in England, you have to have some way to pay for it. And it seems to be the new, th- or I don't know how new, it has to be some sort of quote unquote modern way to pay for expenses is to have it in a film or a TV manor. show, you know. If I ever win the Powerball, Levi, I'm going to buy you a, That'd be nice. a, a place like that in England just so I can tell my friends, no, I'm sorry, uh, I can't make it this weekend. I have to go visit my friend Levi at the Horn Manor. <laughs> the Manor. <laughs> I'm going to the Horn Manor. 200 acres of melancholy sky and a single tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and every time. <laughs> and a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> every time, every time you go to visit Levi, right, obviously the, the, the servants answer the door, because that's what happens in a manor. Right. I know it's not... Hello? It offends our, you know, our need to be classless, but you have to have servants in a manor. It's Hello? not a manor. Yes, exactly, but a servant's going to answer the door. Oh, yes. I do Mr. Think- Horn's in the garden. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to be walked back to the garden past all the tapestries and the weird paintings. Of course. And Levi will be sitting with his back to you, looking out at the moors, chain-smoking. Good evening. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. Uh, Not that I've thought about it that much. I mean, if only your dreams could come true, Jonathan, I would be a happy camper. To your point, though, Jonathan, I think the the critique of the film holds a lot of weight. It does follow a very formulaic ghost story Mm -hmm. disproval theme that you've seen a hundred times. And that's where a lot of people, I think, get lost in the film is you don't make it through that 45 minutes of, oh, I've seen this before to understand the real story being told to you by the film. Right. And unlike most horror this is probably the the top reason I like it. It's rewatchability is through the roof. Once you actually know right. the plot twist, yeah. once you see what unfolds in the story, and then you take it back and watch that first hour again when you didn't know mm-hmm. the 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 story arc, the writing, the way it is shot holds to it perfectly. And where did we find we found this on Amazon? We had we rented it on Amazon. I remember it being. No, on, it was on one of those little weird channels. You had to subscribe, right? It was on like Vidu no, or Voodoo. No, that was Chapelweight. The okay, yeah, the that was an Epic's account I created and got seven day free trial and then canceled it after I watched that show. But you remember um, to cancel the free trial? I sure did. And I yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. I just got billed for one today from seven days ago. Well, I was just astounded by how terrible Epic's was, so I had to. The show wasn't even that great. It really ended you up. Hire us being, to make them a show. Yeah, I wish. So this film deals with some controversial things, which we love to pick apart on Well Adjusted. It's filled with the idea of repressed memories. Now, why why is that so controversial? Isn't it because we know it now to be total bullshit? Well, it's not. Some people believe it. Some people still believe it's not bullshit, and they have degrees to prove that they they're not just blowing shit out. But most people, including Freud, who came up with the idea ended up backtracking on it. Well, eventually that cocaine buzz wears off. Right. And <laughs> and uh, we like I have I did some research about how to prove that it's sort of that it, it's not it's Harvard did a study to kind of prove that it's more of a modern phenomenon than it's actually it's sort of like mass hysteria being more it's more likely to happen 
in modern time with uh, mass hysteria is with like Facebook and, and Instagram and so on and so forth now than it ever was because we can now all look at something that's not fucking true and have it just kind of take over what's going on. Not like the it. earth being flat. Right. So there's reasons why he looked to see, you know, and, and there was proof, sorry, he, the, the co-director of the biological psychiatry lab at Harvard, Harrison Pope. Dr. Harrison Pope. That's a hell of a name. Found, you know, Pope sets out to find the earliest recorded example of a repressed memory, basically. So what you're saying is repressed memories and unresolved childhood trauma are essentially a privilege of the upper class? No, it's more of... <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I you guess have to that's be doing too well. Study. Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, repressed memories, uh, according to Harvard Magazine, are, are some experiences so horrific that the uh, human brain seals them away only to recall them years later. just seems to not go along with again i spent no time in medical school with what at least i understand about something like ptsd the whole problem being that you can't not remember in fact you relive the memories right. so powerful and then there was that you know repressed memories were a big part of that satanic panic in the 80s where they were arresting people running daycare centers because the kids suddenly remembered, you know, satanic sex parties where infants were sacrificed. You right. ever, have you ever read about this? Wasn't there in the 80s. Well, there's the, have to give me no, a pass. That, was, that was a dig at my age. <laughs> there's That's proof, what that was. There's <laughs> proof to show that if you tell someone they had a memory they're, that they forgot, they're more likely to be like, oh, yeah. We are that yeah. fucking suggestible. Yeah. They even say eyewitness accounts in like police investigations and car crashes and all kinds of you know, hoopla where you say, I was there, I saw this, are one of the least accurate possible defenses you can have for that scenario because you'll have three people who have seen it and each will remember a different shirt color or right. remember a different direction that somebody Yeah, that's ran. why like eyewitness testimony in, in the context of criminal cases is terrifying because think about all those centuries where that was the only evidence because we didn't have mm -hmm. any understanding of like physical science to use as mm. empirical evidence. So it was, you know, two of your neighbors saying whatever about you, then you were set on fire. Dr. Joseph Brewer, who I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, I guess was Freud's teacher. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Brewe. Is it? No. Okay. Said, above all, memory is highly flawed. It's subject to our biases, how we feel in the moment and how we felt emotionally at the time of event. That doesn't mean memories aren't useful for exploring psychological issues or learning about someone's personality, but they shouldn't necessarily be taken as concrete truths. Does that strike a sensitive chord in modern culture? I think so. But I also think, like, are we going to remember? Wait, how, well, Levi, how wait a reflect? minute. What yeah. about my truth? Well, oh, my God. <laughs> Levi, what about my truth? Your truth is whatever you perceive it to be, Jonathan. And everyone Thank has you. their own truth. Thank and you. everyone perceives reality differently. So, now, knowing that as a, you know, fact... And can we move on? All right. Why are we allowed? Why are we allowed to vote again? That being true, this is how we get ghost stories, people. Right. So, in Pope's little study, the survey yielded various 19th century instances where uh, repressed memory was in literature. Some of the earliest are "A Tale of Two Cities" by Dickens. We know Dickens because mm. Christmas Carol. And "A Tale of Two Cities," Doctor Manet forgets that he is a physician after his incarceration in the Bastille. And then in Captain Courageous by Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard Kipling wrote The Phantom Rickshaw, which is a pretty famous ghost story. A former minister loses his memory after his family perishes in a flood. 
Well, it sounds like what we're saying is that repressed memories like ghosts themselves are very useful literary devices yeah. and total bullshit in real life. Right. It, and it goes on to say, clearly the rise of romanticism at the end of the Enlightenment creates fertile soil for the idea that the mind could expunge a trauma from consciousness. So, yeah, you're right. Romanticism brought up repressed memory or the eye and then then we go into the whole like hypnotism that's why it's controversial too is people use hypnosis to recall repressed memories it's been done in some like fucking like true crime studies and you know i don't know hypnotism's just kind of seems like something doesn't seem very you know i'm very into facts and science and mm -hmm. hypnotism to me doesn't necessarily go under that you ever been hypnotized? Have no. anybody tried to hypnotize you? No. Well, what about you, Lindsay? You ever been hypnotized? I'd probably be very susceptible to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I would just stare at whatever was being swung in front of my face to hypnotize me and find that more interesting and compelling. I had a therapist sick. try to hypnotize me once. I had the worst fucking luck with therapists. I'm never going to therapy again. <laughs> it does make a no good... No wonder you're so... <laughs> Happy and yes, positive. Well, yeah, well, you know, I've got I have gifts of spirit, Levi. Yes, true. Does bring up a good point, though, in reflection of what you had quoted, Levi, on the the scholar talking about how your memories change based on how you feel upon them. Personality. Like, how often do we hear emotions? Yeah, yeah. You know, something something either good or bad has happened in someone's life, and a year, two, three, a decade goes by, and they then reflect back on that and connect pieces and say, "Oh, this is in fact how I got." here mm -hmm. may or, or may not be true completely change their feelings yeah. about what happened yeah right. i mean this any woman who's ever had more than one kid has done this like has, you know i've yeah. been in the delivery room and nobody's having fun and there's a lot of holy shit i'm never doing this again yeah and then you know three years later here we go you mean like that night Lindsay drank five double margaritas and was like holy shit i'm never doing this again but a little time passes and yeah wasn't that you bad. get another Monday the next week? And yeah, here we go. And it's Margarita Monday again, and let's go. Like another thing here that I'm seeing on this Healthline article, which is what talked about Freud, and th there's the fact that we'll likely never know a whole lot of repressed about repressed memories because they're so hard to study and evaluate. Like to run an objective, high quality study, uh, you'd need to expose participants to trauma, <laughs> which is unethical. So, what was our protagonist's trauma? So our protagonist, Miss Florence, also mm -hmm. British name, just contributes Flo to it. Florence, yeah, yeah. Florence. Florence is a well-educated woman in a time where that was quite rare, and she has a lover who had been sent off into World War One. Florence wrote to him. Very British uh, World War One trauma. Go ahead. Yeah. Very British. We don't get lover's name. He's not particularly significant in the story outside of that we learn that she used to write letters to him on the battlefield awaiting his return. And at one point she decided that she couldn't wait any longer, needed to continue on with her life and wrote to this man and said, essentially, I can't wait. I don't love you. But the only closure we get to that story is he dies shortly after he would have received that letter and never reciprocated writing back. Right. That that yeah. son of a bitch. Well, using no. his male privilege to die and not respond to that letter so she could have closure. Yeah, boy, war is war's a bitch, isn't that what they say? But that would yeah, that she never she felt so I guess the guilt is what 
started this trauma for her as well. Well, no, and then, of course, there's the other trauma that we don't know about until the right. end of the movie. Right. The, the, the little boy that she's been kind of... The fact of... that her father <laughs> murdered her entire family in front of her. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and and then she repressed that memory yeah. and was told, what bullshit did they tell her? Like, their parents were ex- African explorers and yeah, they got attacked they, by a lion? Right, yeah. they And she had remembered that. Yeah. And that's where it's the thing where people will believe they're told what they're told is their memory sometimes, you know? So she was told that that's what happened. And so that she actually had a memory of that actually happening, which was totally fabricated. Well, it's not totally fabricated. She pieced back together the pieces of her childhood that she did remember. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you're watching the she flashback, to, really, it, it takes to the end of till right. the climax for her to do that. It's yeah. not until she sees, or she's back in her own home and sees paintings of lions on the wall, mm-hmm. people being beheaded, village looking type individuals saving a mm-hmm. family that you realize all of the art in her house was what kept I her I like that. As subtly art history sane. nerd, I like yes. the, art, the artwork. Her I story, mean. her fabricated story is just a compilation of the non-harmful memories she does have. Mm-hmm. When you read and this is sort of what the, the movie's about, but, you know, when you read those studies that that we were looking at on memory and mm-hmm. where they, to see how suggestible people can be and if they can insert a false memory into somebody through suggestion and how often it works, yeah. it's it's fucking terrifying, it's isn't scary, it? It's scary, yeah. How, how rewritable our software Our, is. It's scary, yeah. It's It makes you wonder, like, what you're watching. I mean, I'd um, like to walk around imagining myself as, like, at least my idea who I am inside is this very solid matter of fact collection of I know pieces the facts, that, damn it. Yeah, that yeah. I mostly understand. But right? it's, some, it's something we deal but with. That's not true. And this is sort of why I like, and one of the many reasons I like the, the genre so much is you do, we deal with that a lot in the genre is how easily someone can crack, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and believing something create fabricating memories in, in most of the horror genre is a sign of you cracking, you know? And so I think that we deal with mental health a lot in the genre. This of course, being a part of that, a part of that, even though some people say this is like pseudoscience, repressed memory is pseudoscience, but it's still very interesting that you're absolutely right. How scary the, 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 how easily that happens and can happen and how it's been proven to happen. Thankfully, you know, we have science, you know, about the world that we can rely on, you know, like horoscopes and tea leaves. Yeah, yeah. You know. D- don't forget your tea leaves and your tarot cards, guys, because that that's where the real science comes in. Your angel numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are familiar oh, with the Stanford study, right? The famous psychology study at Stanford with the prisoners and the yeah the... guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it only took them a few days at best before these college students just being labeled as guards started beating their fellow college students being labeled as prisoners. I don't know why anybody was surprised by that. Doesn't that happen like three times a year during rush week? <laughs> I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, you hear about it happening three or so times a year during rush week. Sounds right. Like to somebody me. else got caught, you know, doing something horrible to the incoming guys in their, in their fraternity. Well, I'm not saying that it happens all the time. I understand that it doesn't. Don't at me. But you know. It happens. You hear about it. So the Healthline also goes on to say, like, what else might explain this phenomenon? If it's not, if it's not true, if it is pseudoscience and it is bullshit, then what else can explain? You know, so what's behind the countless reports of people forgetting like major events, especially those that took place early in life? There's a few theories. Disassociation. 
You just totally disassociate yourself from it. I like that one. That seems, yeah, I, I use that, that seems I use healthy that one at and I do a lot. Yeah. Exa- I do that as well. This is a common defense mechanism. So it's not that far fetched to think that someone is just disassociating themselves from their traumatic memory. It makes memory. me feel all floaty. Okay. And then <laughs> <laughs> my personal favorite is uh, Pixar didn't happen. Yeah, right. I love... Uh, you've heard me say that to people, too. Oh, you're going out to have fun? Picture it didn't happen. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some experts believe children who experience abuse or other trauma may not be able to create or access memories in the usual way. They have the memories of the event, but they may not recall them until they're older and better equipped to deal with the distress, which might be the case with our protagonist. Thus our plot. Thus our plot. Yeah. So disassociation. Denial is another one. We all know what denial is. <laughs> No, I don't. simply forgetting is another Mm. explanation. Maybe you fucking forgot that happened to you. For me, I've had a traumatic experience when I was a kid. It has nothing to do with, like, you know, family or anything like that. It was just a really fucking scary situation. And I remember the shit out of it because it scared the the fuck out of me. But I'm not – I'm also not trying to – Anyone that has forgotten something, I'm not trying to discredit that. I'm just well, just from like a like a fitness perspective, like an evolutionary fitness perspective. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't make any sense to select for forgetting trauma. You're supposed to learn. You from would want to yeah, remember yeah. every detail right. of a traumatic experience so that you could avoid it in the future. That's a good point. That's that's a real. I mean, to help me- keep you alive. Well, yeah, and that's survival of the fittest too. That's how we beca- that's how we got to where we are now. We remember our mistakes, and we hopefully don't repeat them. Sometimes we do. A long time ago, when I was a, a newspaper reporter, especially in politics, I, I interviewed a. I think he was an anthropologist, but he was saying that you know, there's that popular trope in horror movies where somebody gets so frightened they faint. Yeah, that's in a lot of uh, Lovecraft stories, too. It's a writing trick, though, as well. <laughs> but but he was saying that's actually a, that's not a fear response. It's a disgust response. Because if that were a fear response, evolution would very quickly select against that. Flight, because yeah. The, you know, if you faint when a tiger comes at you, yeah, yeah. then you get eaten. You're dead, yeah. You don't have any babies. And the DNA responsible so, for that unfortunate reaction doesn't go into the future. Oh, you are so not it's the a, fittest. It's a disgust response because you won't experience it if you faint. Right. This is why I faint when I get a shot. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a response to something that's an actual mortal threat. Yeah. Because that would, again, right. it would make oh, sense. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I haven't thought about that. I thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Random trivia for you. Nice. Yeah. Gotta miss that job. That's why fainting goats don't exist in the wild. <laughs> Same thing, yeah. Too many natural predators. Let's see. The APA, the American Psychological Association, recommends looking for one trained to treat specific symptoms, such as anxiety, physical symptoms, or depression, if you feel like you have some form of repressed, some form of repressed memory. But it's they're also saying there's like new information that shows that they're they're more than likely going to diagnose you with not. Like, they're not going to diagnose you with repressed memory, Mm. or you're not going to be treated for repressed memory because it's quite unethical. So, but I'm sure back in the, this takes place uh, right after World War I, I'm sure there were some terrible ways to treat repressed memory, and and I'm sure they blamed it on hysterics, too. That's the other thing about, I mean, this movie being set in the past is, is how just sort of casually brutal. Yeah. This whole, because you know, it's the movie's set in a boys' school, so it's basically where 
parents throw their kids when they don't want to be bothered to raise them. God, yeah. that sounds amazing. This because of the time that it's. I set mean, in, it still kind of exists. You know, it's just this, this really rigid disciplinarian. I mean, there's that one guy who's got what has he got? Tuberculosis. He's got the vapors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, walk. There's that scene where he's walking through the classroom, mm-hmm. and each boy is supposed to take a turn reading. And in, instead of just being like, all right, Benedict, it's your turn. Yeah, yeah. What does he do? He uses Smacks his them. cane yeah, yeah. To, and slams it down desk. on yeah. each desk. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a good uh, point for the film. There's not a single character in this movie that we see that does not unhealthily treat their own repressed memories. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's a good character study there, yeah. LB. That teacher has his... Yeah. Whatever you call it that he's huffing to keep going. I think it's ether. Ether. Mallory is self-harming, cutting his leg in the bathroom, we find out. Florence is totally repressed and stepped away. Yeah. Yeah. Every single character here is doing this in one way or another. Yeah. That's a good that's a good point. Good observation. And and it's true. I, I like films where each character has something they're battling against, be it because we all do. I mean, that's and that's what makes humans interesting to me. Is that we're all going through shit that we don't talk about, you know, mm-hmm. or, or sometimes we do, or we have those select few people that we do talk to them about. Well, no, now we put it on the internet. I, yeah, I guess some people do. I, I just don't. I've thought about that recently. Like, why do I feel like, and I'm not like, I'm just curious. Why do I feel like I don't have to share everything? Like, I just don't. Like, why would I? Why the fuck? Why, why would I want to be open to that kind of scrutiny, <laughs> you know, to begin with? But. I think you've got three real options there in that category, and each one have their own place at some level. You have go get real help when needed. Please do. There are many, many good opportunities available and easily accessible to do so. You do have really close friends to confide in. Yeah. Some things are better kept in from a boundary standpoint from other people. That's also a wise choice. It's not always a stupid defense mechanism. No. Sometimes it's, you know... No, the only stupid defense mechanism is whenever you laud your trauma trophies over other people and bend them to your will to cater to them instead of or you just through stuff such them, things. You just stuff them down like every British person. Or, you know, at that <laughs> time, you just or cut your leg open and... <laughs> or our parents. That whatever that horrible yeah. burning oh, septic yeah. was into it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like with the, the, the burn that... It was like lie. It was like the. It was something. It left yeah. scars, and then it, it was it, like the burn from the Fight Club on the on the hand. You know. Yeah, chemical burning. Yeah, it was like chemical burn. That's what people did before TikTok, Levi. <laughs> I don't know. No, you what just did, cut your thighs in the bathtub. Well, what did we do before? Oh, speaking of bathtubs, Facebook though, and all that. Well, no, and repression. No, let's not talk. No, one of eh, eh, talk eh, about, I'm not eh. going to talk about it in a lewd way. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say, can you imagine Cut. a more or uh, what early 20th century British? <laughs> what? It's not a love scene. No, I guess it's not. Robert, <sighs> I know you're there behind. The <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. You've been repressing your feelings for me so this she's, entire she's time. She's taking a bath, yeah, as you do, right? Yeah, and she becomes convinced. That the the handsome veteran yeah, who teaches at the school on her. Yeah. is standing on the other side of the wall and peeking at her through this like very ugly looking 
glory holeish. Yeah, you know the walls all stained over yeah. there. Yeah. It's not. It's not looking. Yeah, great. that was a peeping Tom. Yeah, and what's the kid's name? She's really into and it. She's though. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's British. Like you this know. is the best thing that's happened to her since she got to the school. But it is the kid. It's the Brand Stark. Yeah. And his Game name is Tom. The yeah. kid is literally Peepin' yeah. Tom. Yeah, Peepin' Tom. That's true. His name is Tom. But while she thinks it's the grown-up, <laughs> she was very into that. And again, they've been around each other for, like, their interest in each other has been obvious and building in the scenes when they're together, right? Yeah. This is why I bring it up. But of course, they can't sit down and have a conversation and be like, you know what? I'm really into you. You know what? I'm really into you. Yeah, no, they can't do that. Mm-mm. That does not happen. You wait until you're, the passion is too much that you kiss in a rainstorm, you know? <laughs> and then that's the last time you kiss that person. So that, that you well, Yeah, because, you know, <laughs> consumption or... Yeah. You got to give the film props, though. Most horror movies will throw in that gratuitous, unnecessary nude scene at yeah. some level to attract viewers. This is very subtle. It's very fast. And it actually does follow the plot line and continue on to contribute to the character. Yeah. Because she I'm, I'm just, glad to see that. Right. You know, I'm glad to see that. Right. You know, who's not glad to see that. Look, I thought it was enormously <laughs> tasteful and well done. I just don't Thank think you. there's such thing as a gratuitous nude scene in a, in a horror movie. doesn't make any sense. There's not, there's not a lot of there. Uh, when it comes to like the gore eighties cheese of the, there's not a lot in this film at all. Like there's no real like tongue in cheek. It's classy. You know, it might not be some horror fans' favorite. Some of them might shit on it. I saw a a one-and-a-half-star review of this film. Mm. But I thought the atmosphere and the leading lady were fucking spectacular. And the story, I didn't see the the twist coming, you know? Uh, I kind of remembered watching it like 10 years ago, but I I didn't remember the twist. I mean, if if you've got to, you know, pitch it the way they do things, it's, it's whatever meets whatever... For me, this would oh. be this would be Downton Abbey meets The Sixth Sense. Oh, not yeah. okay. Um, the entire film, though, you have to give it credit. Is er, the how would you say whether you like this film or not? All of its weight and everything that it does well is the script. All of the film is made or broken in the dialogue and the the one liners and the conversations that are had mm-hmm. between the characters. It's not overly flashy or thrilling or captivating cinematically no it's 1900s and and it's not based on some older work or anything because i looked for that you know and it's not it's just written as an original screenplay so yeah very impressive when it when it came to to characters and it, it almost felt like a gothic novel you know they did a really good job at that i was very impressed with that and it asks i mean overall the same one of the same basic questions like you get in the exorcist which is, is there an afterlife? Yeah. You know, what happens when, when people die? Is there anything beyond that? And there's a, and it, it has some fun playing with that. Lindsay, you're probably going to remember this line. I don't remember the exact line, but when she gets to the school, the old reverend, who's like the schoolmaster, the headmaster, asks her, headmaster yeah. asks her if she's an atheist. And she says, well, yes, I am. And he says something like, how difficult that must be. What does he say? Yeah, he, they're talking about losing children. And he says, oh, you must not understand. You have no children. I've lost three of my own. Florence, do you believe in the afterlife? And she says, no, I don't. And he says, how terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was just the way that he said it, because it was sort of well, casual. Well, it was confusing you know? to me. How terrifying. Well, we, you can it, get two outcomes. Because, yeah, 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 right. That's what I looked at you, and I was like, what? what is he supposed to be saying that it's terrifying that there is none, or it's terrifying that there is one, you know? Yeah, that uh, scene. But, yeah. That scene, I even in the numerous times I've seen it, I still don't know how to take it. 
it's one of those things where each time I view it, I see it differently that day. But I love that. Yeah. The one, <laughs> the one that I'm sticking with right now is in him asking about his children dying, mm-hmm. right? He's wrestling with his own grief of not believing in the afterlife. Yeah. And whenever she confirms it, yeah. he says... How, it's terrifying, isn't it? Thinking Basically, that yeah, it's your kids are just yeah. gone. Yeah, the, you're left with two yeah. horrible options. Yeah, like that, yeah. that the universe is run by a god, and he let that happen on purpose. Yeah, well, or, the, yeah, well, yeah, and, and and he, yeah, I like that reading because mm-hmm. he's he's saying if there is no afterlife, how terrifying because he won't be able to see his children again. And if there it's is, he's pill. uncertain of it. It's right. big. It's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. And what's his name? Homeboy from the, the history teacher that she's into. Robert. Mallory. He he makes a couple of comments like that to her. Not Nothing that I think that lands that, that hard or stands out that much, but just about her general, you know, not believing that mm-hmm. anything, that there's anything beyond the physical world. Oh, he grabs her at one point and it's probably... In my mind, the most powerful line of the film, he asks her, why don't you see, Florence? Or why do you keep your eyes closed? Why don't you want to see? And Well, because that goes on a lot of points. You know, she doesn't want to see her past. She's repressing other things in, that's happening to her in the present as well. Great line. It's very telling of what the film is about. That's one thing we don't really, or haven't really discussed yet either is, the film's based around her past trauma in the present. She's also not having a very good week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We did mention that while we were watching it. It's true. Yeah. What a terrible fucking week. And it's like your first week at this new job, essentially. Yeah. Screw that. Oh, my God. Yeah. You found out your brother's dead. Your no, parents did it. No two-week notice. Nope. Just out. But yeah. No. She, I mean, as far as mental breakdowns go, she handles it like a champ. She does. She's not, down not for long. like our protagonist in Censor, who did not handle it very no, well at although, all. <laughs> although, you know, and then later in the movie, she and Robert finally consummate their attraction. Yes, of course. Oh, very class. Yes. Yeah, yes thank you. No, thank you, yes, Levi. Sorry. I know what yeah. show fodder is. Yeah, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> not an animal. Doesn't she spend a long time in that afterglow, given that they still haven't figured out where the, what the ghost is? Yeah. Or, or, we or why the boy too. died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like, it's been a stressful time. It was yeah. a bad week. I totally understand them needing a little bit of a breather. But, you know, Robert gets up to go yeah, to do whatever, and she's there just... in the afterglow for quite some she's time. She's just kind of chilling. Until she finds that ex-lover's cigarette case. It is yeah. all candy yeah. and rainbows. Yeah. That just, a little timing, you know? Yeah. Figure out the ghost, and then they can, they have plenty of time. Also, we should probably backtrack and mention anything about the ghost up until this point. We haven't discussed the actual yeah, we, baseline of this film. Right, well... Here's what we've been doing. You've been listening. We like to, and maybe this is just laziness on our part, but I don't like, to, we don't necessarily like to rehash like what happens in the film as much anymore. We we want our viewers to have seen the film and then listen because then we get to talk about what the major themes are without having to go over every little bit of the film. That's fair. I enjoy doing it though. I do. I mean, I've done it. I do it on certain episodes. I don't do it on others. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love to talk about it because it is such a crucial part of why we like the film. Mm-hmm. So late on, Lindsay. I just think it's it's important to understand in discussion of the film. It's why I say it has such high rewatch value. Mm-hmm. Once you understand that the ghost is actually in front of you the whole time, the sixth sense move. Yeah, it yeah. is her brother, and he is moving and manipulating things. Yeah. the entire story arc of the film changes. You, it's like taking the blinders off of a horse, and suddenly it can run. You can see and discuss and what's I, um, happening. Right. Yeah, I, I hate the, that trick in the sixth sense. 
like I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I I, remember, I liked it the first time I watched it, but I can't rewatch that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because no. rewatching mm, no. it, it feels really cheap. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that is. Maybe that's me just being mad over like being gullible the first time around and it and it catching me at doing what it does. But this one doesn't feel cheap that way. Oh no, no. Yeah, and in, in a weird way, like the movie feels much richer once you understand you know, what you didn't before versus versus that feeling. And I don't know. The Sixth Sense just felt kind of gimmicky. Well, it's one thing to appreciate with how well the film is done once you know that as well, in the sense that there is a character running around in almost every scene with a plethora of other characters, and you have two that can see and hear him, right? Right. And just as we were talking about her basking in the afterglow, finding the cigarette case, you would think a film like that has continuity errors, where you have actors looking at the boy, listening to him. Happens a lot. Responding. In this film, there are two continuity errors in the entire movie, neither having to do with the plot. Yeah. One being a feather in that basking afterglow, and the other mm-hmm. a blanket moving up and down inappropriately in a kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story so, itself holds perfect. Yeah, no, they. you're right. If, they, if it's not a character that knows that he's there, they don't even look at him. And you don't even notice it. I mean, I never even yeah. noticed it. It's such a, it's a neat little trick. It does feel gimmicky sometimes, but I think they did it really tastefully, and it, it's done very well. I had no idea, you know. But I didn't have any idea when I watched The Sixth Sense either. But, like Lindsay said, the rewatch of this is better because it doesn't feel as cheap, especially when you rewatch it. Well, you know, we haven't talked about is the very charming uh, groundskeeper. Lovely man. Oh, yeah. What's Uncle his name? Binging. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, from it's the same Game actor as Uncle yeah. Binging in Game yeah. of Thrones. Uncle Binging. Again, if you hadn't pointed that out, I never would have saw it because it's he's so young in this. He's he a modern is, day yeah. pick me, boy. This is like, this was right when Game of Thrones came out. This came out. But his character is basically like the original incel. Right. He, he, he found a way out of going to war when mm-hmm. all the other men his age did. And then, of course, now the the war's over and they've come back and absolutely no one respects this guy. No. And he's painted as the guy that's like doing all the, all this fucked. He's fucking with everybody. Mm. It's one of those horror movie tropes where they paint the obvious person is really just there to throw you off. You oh, know? It's the old bait and switch. Yeah, that's correct. But he actually mm. did try to murder her. He did. Oh, he tried to rape her. He gets, he yeah, gets yeah. rapey murder yeah. real uh, fast. Real fast, yeah. And it's basically... He, she took away his like pride as a man by, you know, being like, you're a fucking coward. By pointing out the fact that he had none. Right, exactly. (laughs) And he couldn't take that. So what do little, you know, little boys who have masculine problems and shit do in these films? What was his name in the movie? I don't remember. I always think of him as, I think of him as Sebastian, just because that sounds British and lame. Yeah, I have no idea. I think they only God, say Sebastian it once or twice. I was in the garden name. with Sebastian. <laughs> what is it, Sebastian? <laughs> I know a Sebastian. That's why I say it's a lame-ass name. Also, the name of the crab. Who's got crabs? No, the name of the lobster crab thing and, and the Little, Little Mermaid. mermaid. Okay, I got you. Sebastian. Under the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Robert, okay, so she, the, I only brought it up because you were talking about what a bad week this lady's having. Mm-hmm. And so the creepy gardener guy is part of her bad week. But I, I just got to say that as far as solid guys go, because Robert, her, you know, her love interest here has only known her for what? It's less than a week. Yeah. Right? And they yeah, flirted I think some. all this takes place within a week. They yeah. flirted some. And then, you know, they did the deed once. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in addition to all this, Robert is, at toward the end, is is putting up with her 
obviously having a mental breakdown. Yeah. He's very supportive is what I mean. Yeah, he's done well. He's he's uh, very supportive over the fact that she is like talking to ghosts and to people that he can't see. Mm. And and then he's very supportive of the fact and takes it at face value that because he wasn't there when this guy attacks her. And of course, she winds up getting what she hits him over the head with a rifle, right? Yeah. 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 She spins that thing backwards and I mean, locks him. She defends herself. She don't need no man. But anyway, she kills the guy. And Robert, no questions asked, just hides the body. <laughs> yeah. She, I mean, there yeah. was no conversation. He was just like, well. Well. That's a good man right there. I'm yeah. just saying, I feel like that guy's a keeper. He's a ride or die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally. Uh, well, the only, and the only thing they say about it later, he's like, don't worry, they won't ever find that body. Right. <laughs> that ain't the first body I've hid, honey. Oh, no, he does some dirty one last time. He says... They'll never find the body. I've buried better men than him. Oh, yeah. That was a great He gets line. that one last little dig. Better men. I get it, dig. I get it. Lindsay, we're, we're going to do our closing arguments for the film, for, for, for having our, our Friendsgiving episode. What's your favorite horror film? My favorite horror film that's not this one? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you sprung that one on me. I might need a second. Got his ass. What do you know? Also, yeah, we're excited about next month. We're excited about Christmas. We're also going to attempt to do the terrible fucking movie that is Thanksgiving before Thanksgiving. I don't know if we'll release it before or after. Wait, um, before you get there. Yeah. Because he's got to think of his favorite. Yeah. But yeah I want to yeah. ask you. Because mm-hmm. I actually, like I said before, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of ghost stories. And yeah. so that's probably the genre that I've seen the least. Yeah. Hauntings. I mean, I've seen some, but I don't, I don't go looking for them. Mm-hmm. But- Give me give me two three good good haunting movies for folks that that want some haunting movies that like a good ghost. Crim- I like Crimson Peak, even though it's a little boring and slowish. It's pretty pretty effective. Thirteen Ghosts. If you've ever heard or seen that movie, there's an original and a and a newer one. God, what is another? I don't know if I have seen that. I love. Was it Thirteen Ghosts on Halloween Night? Is that the same or is that the sequel? I don't think that's a different one. Okay, no shit. Poltergeist, Poltergeist, Steve Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot actually. One one I would add to Poltergeist is what is that? uh, Lady in White, the Lady in White. Yeah, Lady in Black. Lady in Lady in Black. No, no, no. You're thinking uh, woman? That's woman in black. That's what. That's woman in black. Nope. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're but right. the the lady in white is a much older one. Yeah. Um. About a, it's a cryptic. Uh, not starring Harry Potter. Lady in no. White. Yes. No. No. No relation. No. No. Uh, contact whatsoever with the Harry Potter universe. But it. Um. That's a great one. I watched that as a little kid, and it's mm-hmm. the thought of it still scares me. Yeah. I don't. I can't think of any more really off the top of my head right now. Haunting Hill House. But, I guess that's a classic. Mm. Yeah. Catherine Zeta Jones and her prime. That's the haunting. Is the name of that film? But I thought it was based after the Haunting Hill House. It's no, the House on no, Haunting Hill is that new Netflix ba- thing, right? No, yeah, all right. So it's based on House on Haunted Hill, and then the new Netflix thing that's based on a Sir- Shirley Jackson novel, and this is where it gets confusing, is uh, the Haunting of Hill House. That so the Haunting is based off of the the Catherine Zeta Jones is based off of. Um, now I can't. House on Haunted Hill, which is an old Vincent Price film. And it's okay, fucking awesome. Um, this is why you have me. I know mm. why you have I'm, me. I was <laughs> impressed as hell by that display of nerdery. But um, yeah, those those are good. Um, man, I I I'll come back on our next episode with some more probably. But but yeah, there's some good ones. There's a lot there. of bad ones. Mm. There are it's, a ton of bad yeah. ones. It's not it's it's not a subgenre with a lot of like immediate classics that stand out. I guess. Uh, the Changeling is a good one. Uh, George C. Scott. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. haunted composer. Yeah, yeah, that's a freaking good one. Yeah, so there's there are some. Hey, man. 
Would we count The Shining? Mm, yeah, no, yeah, no. That's I mean, paranormal. I feel like yeah. technically it has to be. Poltergeist is, then yeah. Technically is, it has yeah. to be, but it doesn't at all feel like. Yeah. I, I don't want to classify it as yeah. There's more, you know, there's more stuff about haunted places too, you know. Um, so technically the fog is a fucking ghost story, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. I think I have my answer. All right. I can't say it's my favorite horror film, but mm-hmm. it is probably the one that I have seen second most uh, yeah. con- compared to The Awakening. Mm-hmm. And it is, I want to say it's from 2014-ish, but it's called Deliver Us From Evil. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Eric Bana stars and the oh, guy nice. from yeah. Community, whose name escapes me, Joel McHale, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've never seen this movie. Yeah. it's a, I don't think I have either. Cool, cool. It's pretty good. It's a take on an exorcism fi- much prototypical to your others in the fact that uh you know we have one yeah. demonic presence we have to go search out a priest that kind of thing but the uh the premise for how the <clears throat> excuse me for how the demons reach us is actually the war in iraq there are a bunch of soldiers who end up in a pit and unlock a demonic seal and they get possessed and come back to the states and then you have oh, that's uh, kind of exorcist <clears throat> the beginning mm-hmm. a little bit because the the he's in iraq when he discovers the ancient statue of Beelzebub or whatever. Beelzebub. Beelzebub, yeah. Yeah. Who's actually Captain Howdy. I thought it was Pazuzu. That's right. Never mind. You're right. Mm. You're right. By the way, the only reason to watch The Exorcist Part 2 is there's a scene where a shirtless James Earl Jones raises his arms to the sky and yells, Pazuzu! Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah, the the priest in... You're good. Deliver us from evil really gets me. He uh, just chain smokes American spirits and then fights demons with the Bible. I love it. Oh, great. I still think I'd have made a good priest. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, so uh, the awakening not 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 a not a bad freaking movie. And if you want to see a really good screenplay that's an original, go ahead and check this one out. Also, the atmosphere, like I said, is great. Also, some young Game of Thrones actors. Um, and a uh, astonishing leading lady in Rebecca Hall. Um, next month, also, we have some planned for for the holidays, of course. So be on the lookout for that. Um, also, what, are you guys you got you guys excited about any of the football happening? You know, this Turkey Day, you know, uh-huh. football. Yeah, <laughs> it's not oh, Thanksgiving it's... without football in the living room. That's Football's true. one of those sports balls, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, but All your weird family members that I'm you don't see, like, except I for that one day. I guess I'm a little Dude, we've got it. Listen to me. I'm so excited. Like this is the first Thanksgiving I've ever been excited about. I've, I've already told the entire family, we are cooking nothing. We are buying no no Thanksgiving food. You're ordering in. To prepare. I told, I told everybody in the family, pick out your favorite takeout. Oh, that's cool. And I will that go around cool. and collect Very it. Nice. I like alternative Thanksgivings. And we're just gonna. I don't really. That's the day. Remember any of the Thanksgivings from my childhood? Probably because it's repressed. Oh man, I we had these relatives <laughs> crawl out of the woods, and I mean that literally. They crawled from the woods. Well, you're from Mina, you know. Yeah, there's some bad people around Mina. That's a dark part of Arkansas. Ooh.